Hello, you guys. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I am so happy that you are here. As you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, we are doing another episode of What Would Sav Do? Honestly, you guys, I think these might be my favorite types of episodes to do with y'all because I feel like we're literally just on FaceTime. Like, I feel like you are sitting there with me on FaceTime and we are talking about whatever it is that's going on in your life. And I'm giving you the unsolicited advice that you probably don't want to hear. And so that is why I love these types of videos and episodes, especially because I just feel like we're really connecting. We're vibing because like you're telling me what's going on in your life and I am here to try and attempt to save the day. If you don't know what a what would Sav do is, this is the type of segment where I ask you guys on Instagram, what's going on in your life? What do you need help with? What is bothering you at this very moment? What is the stressor of your life right now? And you guys let me know what's going on and I tell you what I would do. And because my name is Savannah and I am Sav. It is called What Would Sav Do? You get it? You got it. So there's that part of it. And also, if you want to participate in the next What Would Sav Do? Because I try and do these once a month. So if you would like to participate in the next What Would Sav Do? Make sure you go ahead and follow the My Thoughts Exactly Instagram page. It is just My Thoughts Exactly podcast. You can also find it on my Instagram page. It's in my bio and my Instagram is just Savannah Brimer. So there you have it. Make sure you're following both of those. That way you never miss an opportunity to participate in these types of episodes because these are really fun to do because again, I feel like we're just sitting, FaceTiming, vibing, you get it. So we're just going to jump right on into it today. First one is I'm going through an emotional and mental slump. How do I get out of it? And I'm actually going to pair this one with one that I saw earlier just because I scrolled through these right before I started recording. And it is how do I find my spark again when I feel like I'm just going through the motions of life? And I feel like these two can definitely go hand in hand. Feeling like you're just in a slump and feeling like you're just going through the motions is something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast because I feel like it's something that isn't talked about enough personally. And so I will redirect you to the romanticizing your life episode because I feel like that's really crucial and key to this. And I feel like that's a big component that can help you get out of that mental slump, get you out of feeling like you're just going through the motions of life. What I also will say is what I think is really important is to remind yourself that these slumps, these feelings of like losing your spark, losing your like, you know, lust for life. Those feelings are very normal. And again, I feel like they're not normalized enough because we're just not talking about it. But I feel like a big crucial step in this to kind of get out of that mental slump and all of that is to do things that you don't normally do. So picking either three things a week or even one thing a week that you're going to do that's outside of your normal routine. I think oftentimes a big reason why we just feel like we're going through the motions of life is quite simply because we are and we're getting into our routine and we're going through our routines on a day-to-day basis doing the same thing every single day. And it's inevitable when you do that, that those types of feelings are going to occur. You're going to feel like you're not really living and you're just kind of existing and going through the motions. And I feel like a big component and a way to change that is to throw something different into your routine, whether that is going out to dinner with your friends one night or going to a happy hour or going to a workout class 
or even like just going for like a hot girl walk outside certain things like that where it's just different it's throwing your routine off and you're going to realize even like the little minuscule things that you're doing to change your routine they're going to make a difference over time and for me that's something that I like to practice a lot so whenever I feel like I'm just going through the motions of life and I just feel like I'm in a lull and I feel like I'm in a plateau and I just feel like I'm kind of trapped a little bit. I don't know if that's like a good way to describe it, but I just kind of feel like I'm just, you know, very dull and have lost my spark. Something that I like to do is change up my routine, change up the things that I'm doing to show myself that there's other experiences out there that I can have that make me feel more fulfilled. And we actually talked about this, I believe it was in last week's episode, which was your you're not stuck, you're just unfulfilled. So go listen to that one also if you haven't already because we talk a lot about how feeling unfulfilled can lead you to feel like you're stuck and feel like, you know, you're just existing and not fully living. And so I recommend that episode. I recommend the romanticizing your life episode. But again, my biggest piece of advice in this is throwing in something into your routine that is different, something that you don't normally do and something that is exciting for you, whether that's picking up a hobby or again, like I said, a workout class, or if you want to, you know, do something creative, like going to a pottery class or a paint and sip class, like something like that, where you're just reminding yourself that there's more life to live out there. That is what I think is really important when you're going through those mental slumps. But again, also equally as important to remind yourself that those slumps are normal and they're going to happen because when you're going through the routines of life and just the day-to-day repeating the same thing every single day, it's inevitable that you're going to feel that way. So there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. There's nothing wrong with where you're at in life if you're feeling that way. But just remind yourself that you have the control to change your surroundings and change how your outlook is. A toxic friend just came back into my life. Should we try a friendship again? I miss her so much. What would Sav do? I have gone through, I think I've made multiple jokes about this and it's not really funny, but I've gone through, uh, I've recycled many friends in my lifetime and I've gone through many, not, okay, that's that's a bad way to put it. I have experienced many friendships. Let's just put it that way. Some have ended because of me and I was a bad friend. Some have ended because they were a bad friend. There have been several friendships where we have rekindled the friendship. There's one that I'm thinking of in particular where we were the best of friends, literally two peas in a pod couldn't be closer and I was a shitty friend I think I've talked I've definitely done a story time about all of this that we don't need to get into but I was a shitty friend and then lo and behold sometime later we were able to rekindle our friendship and we're not best friends by any means but we do keep up with each other quite regularly I would consider her a close friend and we just have a lot of history there so I think what's important to ask yourself in these types of situations is why did the friendship end was it something that you know is it a bond that cannot be repaired or was it just a little bump in the road that you guys can get over together and work through again I also think it's important to ask yourself how close you guys were. You know, if this was someone who was like your best ride or die friend, then yeah, I do think that maybe it is worth, you know, exploring that friendship again. But if this was someone that it's just kind of like an acquaintance, are you really missing out on much? And it's also crucial. I'm trying to not say it's also important to remember because someone called me out last week for saying take a shot 
every time she says that something is important. So I'm trying to uh, diversify my vocabulary here, but it's kind of hard. Anyways, I digress. Throughout the course of your life, you are going to experience many different friends, many different types of friendships. And what I like to remind myself is some people come into your life for a season. Some people are there for a reason. And that doesn't mean that they have to be there your entire life. But again, if this is a friendship that you think is worth revisiting and you think is worth trying to repair, then by all means, go for it. And it also depends on why the friendship ended, whether that was on your part or on their part. But either way, it could be worth just reaching out and saying, hey, I miss the friendship that we had. I know we can't jump into that right away, but I'm willing and wanting to do whatever's necessary for us to rebuild that so we can potentially get back to where we were. I personally don't see anything wrong with a text like that or a message like that. And then afterwards, it's up to them whether they want to rekindle that or whether they are moving on without this friendship anymore. But also I'm reading the message again and it says a toxic friend. A toxic friend just came back into your life, but you miss her so much. Okay, so it's, hmm, why is she toxic? I need to know more. I need to know the context. I need to know what's going on. A toxic friend just came back into your life. Okay, I'm just going to, you know, side note that whole speech that I just gave you by asking yourself, do you want toxicity in your life again? Are you in an era of your life where you are willing to handle toxic energy, where you want toxic energy around you? The answer to that should always be no. Just know that you you don't want to be surrounded by toxic energy because that's just going to bring you down. And that doesn't mean that she or whoever your friend is can't grow or change or evolve into someone who is not toxic. That's the hope, right? We would hope that she or we would hope that they aren't toxic anymore. But you just need to ask yourself if you're willing to jump back into that again. What would Sav do? My best friend just broke up with her ex and is already with someone new. I feel like she moved on too fast. Okay, here's my take on this. And this might be a hot take. I am all for a good rebound. I don't know if that's a hot take. I feel like it's, I don't know. Maybe it is. Who cares? I'm all for a good rebound. And if my friend is going through a breakup or just gone through a breakup and is already on to someone new, I look at it as like, okay, this more than likely is not going to be the person that they end up marrying. This is more so just a rebound. Me as their friend and not them, like I am just the friend. I'm not them. I'm not going through the breakup. I'm not going on to someone new really fast. So for me, it's like, even though that might not be what I would do, I, as their friend, am going to support them. As long as they're not doing anything to harm others or harm themselves, all I can really do is be there to support them in the process. And again, is this a person that they're going to likely end up being together with forever? No, it's more than likely just a fun little fling, a fun little rebound. And again, if it's not hurting themselves or not hurting others, I don't think that it's necessarily my place. Again, I'm just talking from the point of how I would view this. I don't think it's my place to be like, I know like you're moving on too fast. You're like, no, this isn't right for you. Because at the end of the day, I don't know what's going on in their head. I don't know exactly how they're feeling. And if this is the way that they need to move on from their past relationship after their breakup, then who am I to really say otherwise? Also, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm all for a good rebound. I think that rebounds can be beneficial. 
I do think that, you know, everyone needs time to process a breakup in their own way. And whether that's with someone else or by themselves, they're going to process it eventually. And whether that's after this rebound or during this rebound or, you know, before the rebound, whatever it is, I think that as a friend, it's my position to support and not judge not saying you're judging but I'm just saying that it's my position to support my friend as long as she's not doing anything to harm herself or anyone else this podcast is sponsored by ramp are you the decision maker in your company consider this for the first time in decades there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. What would Sav do if you feel too busy and feel like you always cater to other people? We have an episode called Stop Being a People Pleaser, Start Protecting Your Peace. That is what we called the episode. So I will reference you to that episode to go get a longer explanation and answer. However, again, this is just to kind of spark notes it and summarize it. I am someone who has been a chronic people pleaser for forever. I always like to cater to other people. I don't like making people feel upset. I oftentimes, you know, this plays out in my life when it comes to my friends and like making plans and not putting myself first. For example, if a friend has made plans and wants me to go, I have a hard time saying no. Even if it does mean that I'm compromising my self-care or my mental health or, you know, any part of my schedule throughout the day, I'll bend over backwards for anyone that I care about. But what I've learned at the end of the day is that in doing that, I am not showing up as 100% to the people that I care about. So if I'm not setting firm boundaries in my life, if I am not respecting myself in that way, then I cannot be there fully for the people that I want to be there for in my life. But what I've come to realize is that if I don't put myself first and if I don't take care of myself first, I simply cannot be there for the people that I need to be there for in the way that I want to. I can't show up for others if I don't show up for myself. And you hear that all the time. It's such a cliche, but it's so true. If I can't show up for myself, if I can't say no to the people around me because I am bending over backwards for them, when in reality, would they do the same if they needed a break or if they needed to take a pause or if they needed a night to themselves, whatever it is, they probably would. And so I need to take a page out of their book. And so what I'm saying is, and you know, to summarize it, is that 
we always bend over backwards for everyone when you're a people pleaser. You will do anything to make people happy, even if that means compromising your own happiness, compromising your own sanity. But at the end of the day, not only are you doing yourself a disservice, you are also doing them a huge disservice by not being able to show up 100%. So just remember that next time you feel like you're being spread too thin or feel like you can't say no. You just have to remember that you're not doing anyone a favor and you're not doing yourself any favors by not being able to set firm boundaries in your life. And what I've also learned is that oftentimes I feel so much pressure when I'm in situations like this because I feel like I have to say yes because if I don't say yes, then like, what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to survive without, you know, me helping them in any way? They're going to be fine, okay? They're going to be so fine. They're going to figure it out just like you would figure out figure it out if you were in that position. We're all grown. We're all adults. Like, they're going to figure it out. If I can't show up for them one day in one certain way, it's going to be okay. I used to always get so stressed and feel so pressured because I felt like if I didn't say yes to everything, then I was going to lose my friends. They weren't going to want to be around me anymore. And that's simply not the case. Once you get older, you realize the importance of prioritizing yourself and you're not going to be upset with anyone for doing the same thing, or at least you shouldn't be. As you get older, you realize the importance of setting firm boundaries and putting yourself first and your friends and the people that you want and need in your life are going to respect that. So just understand that too. It's not going to be the end of the world if you say no. How do you know that you're ready to move on from a relationship? What would Sav do? I have lots to say about this. Um, I think I've talked to you guys about this before. I have only broken up with, well, I've broken up with one person, like my longest relationship, my most serious relationship. I broke up with them. We've talked about that. And when it comes to like, you know, situationships and whatever I think like mainly basically what I'm saying is I've always been broken up with except for that one one relationship and then one situationship where it was just kind of mutual we were just over it and so because of that the reason I'm mentioning that is to show that it took a lot in me to finally realize that I was ready to move on from this relationship that I was in. I was ready to say goodbye. I was ready to close this chapter because I had finally reached my wits end. Similarly to the last question that we just did, I'm a people pleaser. I will bend over backwards for anyone that I cared about. And I noticed myself doing that more and more and that wasn't being reciprocated. I was also being cheated on and lied to 24 seven, but that's just a story for a different day. We've actually already told that story, but whatever. And I just realized I I knew that the relationship was going to end. I knew it was going to end and I just couldn't do it for whatever reason. I couldn't break up with them. I couldn't do it, but I knew in my gut this wasn't it and I couldn't break up with them. And then finally, one day I reached my limit and this is my kind of advice to my friends when I talk to them about this stuff too, is that you will go, 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 go. You will bend over backwards for them. You will do anything for the relationship until finally you reach your limit and you are done. And I remember this one specific day. I don't remember what it is about this day or like what it was about why it was this day, but I woke up that day and I knew that I had reached my limit and I knew that it was done. And that's what I tell my friends. I say, you are going to put up with things so much until you finally reach your limit. And that's what I always, you know, reflect back to whenever I get questions of like, you know, my friend is in this horrible, toxic relationship. And what do I do to 
to get her to leave. You will never be able to make that person leave. That person has to make the conscious decision themselves and they will get there. Eventually, they will reach their point, their breaking point where they will end the relationship. Now, again, this is in the situation where there's toxicity, where there's, you know, certain factors that, you know, that contribute into the breakup. I'm not talking about like an amicable, like, oh, we're friends now type of breakup. If I don't really know in that situation because I've never been in that situation, but just in relationships where, you know, there it's just not, I guess it both kind of, it would work in both situations. I feel like if you were just kind of in a dull, lulling relationship where there's no spark, you don't feel anything anymore, you're going to go until you hit your breaking point. And when you hit your breaking point is when you know that you need to move on and that this part of your life, this chapter of your life is coming to a close and there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. There's growth in that. And I think for me, one of my biggest things was I was always scared of hurting him and I was always scared of, you know, I would rather suffer in the relationship than him suffer not in the relationship. And I finally had to put my foot down and realize and not just me realize, but, you know, him as well that neither of us were doing each other any good by being in this relationship it was so incredibly toxic and I don't know why we need to go down the rabbit hole of this I don't know why I'm uh going down this rabbit hole but again just in terms of how do you know when you need to move on I think for me in my experience I've always hit a breaking point I've always and I'm not talking about like a mental breakdown I have just hit my point of being like you know what I'm good with or without you. And this relationship is no longer serving me. You are no longer serving me. I don't feel any positivity coming from this relationship. I don't feel good in this relationship. I'm not excited about the potential of this relationship. I also think that when there's more negativity than positivity in a relationship, when there's more good when there's more bad than good, when the bad outweighs the good, I think that's a telltale sign. I think obviously if there's, you know, lying, cheating, all of that, that's a telltale sign. But I also think you know in your gut. And I think you know in your gut when it's not right. And I think that you have to honor that. I think you have to honor your intuition and honor yourself by being able to say, you know what, this is not right for me and move on. And it's a scary thing to do. It's really freaking terrifying. But what's scarier, in my opinion, is staying stuck in a relationship like that. So that's my two cents on it. I don't know if that was like what you were really looking for necessarily, but I've never really had like an amicable like breakup. So I don't really know. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, we've got a long one from the DMs, so let's get into it. She goes, hey girl, here's the tea. Love it. Okay, my boyfriend and I have been dating for nine months on and off. The relationship started out amazing to start off, but I had my own insecurities and was texting someone I shouldn't have been after three months of dating. I was not flirting with the person. He was flirting with me and it went no further than text. My boyfriend broke up with me back for, my boyfriend broke up with me for cheating on him. Then we got back 
back together and worked on things. Three months later, he started breaking up with me once a month for random arguments that were blown out of proportion. He knows I love him unconditionally, and I think he uses that to his advantage by degrading me when he's angry or upset. We argue maybe once a month, and it's always because I feel like I do most of the effort in our relationship by planning dates, gift giving, sending relationship podcasts, writing him little notes and stuff like that. He does those things for me too, but he only does it if I drop hints or team up to it. What would Sab do? I get you. I so get you. Okay. I think a lot of times in my experience, and honestly, just to be very candid, like I've dealt with this in my relationship currently too, which is initiative. We want the boy we want okay let me rephrase we want our boyfriends to take initiative we want them to love us the way that we love them and they're not always operated to do that because everyone has different love languages everyone has different ways of expressing how they feel and how they love you right just as much as we do so we express it one way they express it the other and sometimes when that doesn't sync up entirely because we often expect them to love us the same way we love them that can cause some friction because we're like why aren't you taking initiative when in their minds they are expressing their love for us just in different ways and that's kind of something that I've had to learn throughout this relationship and it has been a little bit of a challenge but what I will say is helped that is that we've just had open conversation about it and we've been able to say listen I really appreciate when you do x y and z that's how I feel most loved and I understand that you express love this way but is there like a happy medium we could find you know what what can we do to make that work now so that's what I have to say on that front but I totally get wanting the men to take initiative okay we're not asking them to go above and beyond we just want a little initiative a little bit of a spark to know that you care to put in some effort like that's what we're looking for now when it comes to the rest of your relationship that you described like the breaking up every month and like him always like creating a problem or just running when things get hard that's when I have a little bit more of an issue because of two reasons the first one is when I'm just just me when I'm in a relationship I want someone who's like a ride or die I don't want someone who's gonna like just run at the first argument or run when things get hard or or just run away when you two are going through a hard time for me when I'm in a relationship I want someone who's going to stay through the hard times That way we can build on that and get stronger in our relationship. And for me, just hearing all of that, I feel like you deserve someone who just is going to stick around, who's not going to break up with you at like the drop of an argument, especially when the arguments are over the littlest things. And honestly, what might be happening here is just the fact that the trust in the relationship is gone because after what happened in the beginning, even though it was like harmless on your part, he just might not be able to get back to where he needs to be, but also he's not expressing that in a way that is respectful treat respectful to you sorry stuttering respectful to you and so because of that I just think that you guys need to have like a sit down open communication talk with each other but also you need to have a conversation with yourself like is this the type of person you want to be with is this the type of relationship that you want you want someone who's going to be with you through it all and who's not going to throw things in your face and who's not going to be disrespectful to you like that to me is such a deal breaker and so for me if I was in this situation I would just say you're like this is no longer serving me the relationship isn't serving me he isn't serving me like just what we were saying earlier like you want all of the good positive energy that a relationship brings and right now it just feels like this is like dragging you down it just doesn't feel like it's giving anything positive especially because like this is so manipulative like him walking away that quickly and that frequently is such a manipulation tactic like 
Ugh, makes me mad. But personally, I just feel like for someone to constantly walk away, it's like he's waiting for you to chase him every time. And that's just like a consistent cycle in a cat and mouse game that we are too old to play. We're not playing that anymore. So I would have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself, like, what are you getting out of this relationship? And honestly, if you can write down five solid, like valid things that you are getting from this relationship, I would love to see it because I just don't really think that they're just based off of all of that. It doesn't seem like the good is outweighing the bad in this situation. I'm sure that the highs are really high and the lows are really low, but that's simply because of the adrenaline rush that you're getting like when he comes back and you guys make up and then you guys fight again and it's constant and you're not able to get to a point where like you're just relaxed. Like you're supposed to be you're supposed to feel at peace with the person that you're with. And that's something I've learned a lot too, is like over the years, they talk about like butterflies and whatever. And while I do think like it is nice to have butterflies in the beginning and you get excited and you get nervous, like over time, those butterflies just translate into adrenaline and nervousness and anxiety. And I just feel like you're supposed to be at peace with the person that you're with. You're not supposed to be going into these constant cycles of toxicity. And like, we are too old to be playing these games. So that's what I think about that. I would have a conversation with yourself. If you could write five valid things about this relationship that is serving you in a positive way, I would be impressed. And I just think you deserve better. That's my last point. I just think you deserve better. My boyfriend got caught lying, but I don't want to leave him. What would Sav do? I would leave him. (laughs) Um, I know that that's hard. I know you don't want to, but it also depends on what the lie was. If the lie was like a white lie, like something that's like stupid and not necessary to lie about, or if it was like a lie about communication. To me, the lying deal breakers are when it comes to who you're with. Like if you're lying to me about who you're with because you don't want me to know who you're with, that's a deal breaker. Also, cheating is obviously a lie and a deal breaker. Um... What else? There's also like what you're doing. That's a deal breaker. Like there's all these big deal breakers. And obviously, you know, you can read in between the lines a little bit on some of those, but there's there's big deal breakers. And then there's like little white lies. And if it's a little white lie, I would be like, why did you lie? Why did you feel the need that you had to lie? Why did you feel like you couldn't be honest with me and tell me the truth? That's if it's like a little white lie. But if it's a bigger lie, like if it's a legit issue lie, if it's a violation of trust lie, which in reality, all lies are a violation of trust. And the person you're with, you're supposed to be able to trust them no matter what. You're supposed to be able to trust that they have your back, you have their back, you guys have each other's best interests at heart. There really shouldn't be any reason for you guys to lie to each other. And ask yourself and ask him why he felt the need to lie. And also ask yourself where this lie falls in your head. Is this a big lie or is this a little lie? Because neither are good. But again, the little lies you can kind of work with. But remember, if he's willing to lie about the little things, he's probably willing to lie about the big things. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. I I know you don't want to hear it. I haven't told him that I love him since 2016 and now he lives in another city. What would Sav do? Okay, so the hopeless romantic in me wants you to like get on a plane or get in a car or get in a train. I don't care how you get there, but I want you to like get to his apartment and like I I want that movie scene. I want you to like knock on his apartment or his house door and have him open up and be like, I love you. That's what I want because I just that's like what the hopeless and romantic in me wants. I think a lot of this also, like this is now the realist side of me. I think a lot of this also has to do with the kind of what we talked about two episodes ago with the feeling stuck and unfulfilled. Sometimes you need to ask yourself if you really love him or if you love the part of your life that he resembled. 
and the part of your life that you categorize with him because both things because they're two very valid things you know like I think sometimes we oftentimes think about different parts of our life we connect those parts of our life to different people and if we're feeling nostalgic those feelings can come back if that's not what this is and this is like no Savannah shut up I love him then tell him what's like genuinely tell him I would tell him I would ask again I would have like a really like deep come to like come to Jesus moment with yourself like honestly like just have a conversation with yourself ask yourself if this is really something that you're serious about because I have definitely been in situations I'm not gonna lie where like I thought I was in love with someone because I was just going through like a mental crisis and then I would tell them I love them and then they're like wait what and I'm be like wait what sorry like and then I dip out and it's it's bad 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 news so don't do that so like actually have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself what you're really wanting can you see a relationship with this person? Can you see a future with this person? Or is this like an infatuation? Is this nostalgia? Is this like you're missing them? You're missing that part of your life, that time in your life, that period? Or if this is no Savannah, I am in love with him and I need to tell him. And if that's the case, then tell him. You could do it in like the movie Hopeless Romantic Way, like the notebook. But like now, you can, like this time period, you can go to his house, knock on his door, say, I love you. Or... You can call him. But again, I feel like it's more like impactful in person. If I had someone, not now because now I'm in a relationship, but if I was single and someone was going to tell me that they love me, I would want them to do it in the most dramatic way ever. I would want them to come to my house and be like, Savannah, I am in love with you. Period. End scene. That's what I would want. So it's all just depends on like what your vibe is, but that's what I would do. Th those are my thoughts. <laughs> He's 19. I'm okay. What would Sav do? He's 19. I'm 21 with three kids and we've been talking for 11 months now. Do you think he's serious or no? Okay. This is not a question that I can really know the answer to just because I don't really know the con, like what your relationship is like, what the ins and outs of it are. If you've been talking for 11 months, are you dating or are you just talking? You've been talking for 11 months. Is this like situationship? If this is still a situationship and you've just been talking, I would... I would say no, he's probably not that interested and or interested in something serious, I should say. And if you guys have been dating, then that's a conversation you need to have with him. It's a conversation you can have with him either way. Do I realistically think that a 19-year-old guy in a stage of his life where he is responsible enough to take that next step with, you know, three kids and all of that... My gut tells me no, but I don't know him. He could be the anomaly. He could be the one. He could be the one. He could be the one that shocks us all. But I also think that there are so many other options out there for you. I know you might feel limited in those options, but just know that there's so many other people out there that would fit that position in your life so well. And so if it's not this guy, it's not the end of the world because you still have so many other options out there. What do you do if you feel like you don't belong in the place you are living, but you can't change it? So my assumption, well, and I shouldn't assume, but I feel like maybe the reason you can't change it is due to financial reasons or if you have to, you know, stay back and take care of a family or take care of people and you just, whatever it is, it's not letting you move out right at the second. What I would do in this situation is I would set goals. 
I think that setting goals for the future, setting goals for yourself. So you have a timeline of, okay, this is what I'm working towards. I'm working towards moving. I'm working towards getting out of here so I can go to a place where I feel more loved and accepted. And I feel like it's a better fit for me. So for me, what I would do in that situation is I would set goals for myself so I can hit those goals and it can make me excited about the future. Because when you're in a situation like that right now, where you feel like you aren't fully able to be accepted it's hard to feel like it's ever going to change. It's hard to feel like the future is going to get better, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think a really good way to do that is to set goals for yourself. So that way you can feel like you're working towards something and you're not feeling stuck because feeling stuck is the worst feeling. And you can make it a fun process, like figuring out where exactly you want to live after this or where exactly you want to go, what job you want to have, what you want your life to look like, like set up what your dream life looks for you after this and outside of this because I think that's going to really help you not feel like you're trapped and it will kind of switch your mindset to something a little bit more positive because you'll be able to think about your life in a more positive way because I'm sure right now it just feels a little bit negative and a little bit dark and doom and gloom a little bit but if you set up goals for yourself set up a timeline for yourself to be like okay this is where I'm at right now And the reality is I can't change it. And as much as that's shitty and it sucks, what can we do so that I can work towards getting out of here? That's what I would do. It's all about perspective and it's all about working towards goals so that way you can do what you want to accomplish and get out of where you're at. Choosing between family and friends and moving somewhere for a new career choice, what would Sav do? I think that this is all going to come down to personal preference on this one. It's all about, you just, well, okay. You have to ask yourself, what lights your fire like what lights you up what makes you excited is it going somewhere or staying because of your family and friends or is it exploring a new opportunity because of a new career I mean from the sounds of it it sounds like you say choosing between family and friends and moving somewhere for a new career choice so it sounds like if you stayed where you're at choosing family and friends sounds like you're staying where you're at or moving for a new career choice To me, how I think about this is if you're choosing your family and friends, you kind of know what that's going to look like, right? You know what your day-to-day is going to look like. You know what your life's going to kind of look like if you choose to stick around. There is a whole unknown that you have if you decide to move somewhere new for this new career choice. You're opening up a whole new world for yourself. You're opening up new opportunities for yourself. Personally, if it were me, I would go somewhere for the new career choice. I moved some, well, I moved to Nashville by myself not knowing anyone and pretty much moving away from my close immediate family. Um, I will say, I well, my sisters were here, so I guess that's a little different, but different family dynamic. Um, but when I moved here, I had no friends and I moved here by myself. I lived by myself and it is scary at first. It's scary getting into an unknown situation, not knowing what's behind that door. But there's also such a sense of excitement about that because again, I was in a very similar situation before I moved to Nashville. I was in San Diego. I was with my family. I was with my friends. I knew what my day-to-day looked like. I knew what my life looked like. I knew what my life was going to look like if I stayed. And there was something inside of me that I was like, I just 
want something different. I want something new. I want something exciting. I felt like I was just kind of stuck in a lull of life and that I kind of lost that spark a little bit. And you're never going to get to a point where you feel like, okay, now I'm ready. Like now is the time to go. You just have to push yourself to do it. And I'm so glad personally that I made the decision to go because I grew so much as a person. I met so many amazing people. I met so many friends. I have an amazing life here now that I wouldn't have had had I decided to stay. Would my life have been great if I stayed? Yeah. But like, look at everything else that has transpired since I decided to leave. And I think that there's a lot of growth. It's not going to be easy the entire time. You're going to run into challenges along the way, but the growth that you're going to gain from that is exponential and compared to what would have happened if you had just stayed. But again, if you are like, I am the type of person that wants to be around my family and my friends constantly, those are my like, that like, that's it for me. Like, that's what makes me the most excited in life. There's nothing wrong with staying too. It's just a matter of what direction you see your life going and what you want for yourself. Okay, last one. I have a guy friend I want to keep, but I know he's interested in more and I am not. I think this just comes down to boundaries and communication. I think this is a situation where when you guys are alone together or if a pass is made towards you, like an advance, if he makes an advance towards you, I would just say, listen, like, I love you as a friend. I want us to maintain our friendship, but like, it's never going to go there. Like, hate to break it to you. This is where it's at. Like, I want to just be friends with you. And if you can't do that, then that sucks. But my boundaries are firm. And if you can't respect that, then we're going to lose a friendship too. And I would rather not do that. Or what you should say is as much as I don't want to do that, I'm not afraid to do that. Just to show that you're like in a position of power almost. Because I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that either one whichever script you decide to do but I do think it's important to communicate those boundaries because I think oftentimes we are in situations where we kind of get you know those advances are going to come naturally and so I feel like it's important to stand your ground and especially if it's a friend and if he's your friend then he should respect you and what you're saying and if he's not respecting you and what you're saying then I think it's clear that the friendship was never important enough to him for or yeah no to him to begin with so I would set the boundaries make them firm make them clear and just let him know let him know But all right, you guys, that is the end of it today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Thoughts Exactly and the What Would Sav Do segment. Again, if you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah and I am your host of My Thoughts Exactly. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly every Thursday, every Thursday, and you're not going to want to miss it. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and I will see you there. Bye, guys. Bye.